Hello, Campwire listeners, and welcome back. I'm Sam Hurt. I'm on the communications team here at ACA, and I'm lucky enough to host and produce this podcast each month. Lots of, there are lots of things going on at ACA this fall, and uh, also lots coming up this winter. Lots of local office conferences and standards trainings um, and networking events. So uh, check your local office newsletters, check Facebook, um, go to our website and uh, see what's happening near you. You may have noticed the ACA recently announced an update to our accreditation program. I talked with uh, our director of accreditation, Rhonda Mickelson, about some of these changes and what they mean for your camp. We're going to continue with our accreditation theme after that talk with uh, a very special guest. Cindy Moore is a longtime ACA visitor and volunteer, and we were lucky uh, to have her talk to us about her experience with ACA and camp over the years. She was uh, interviewed. She invited uh, our Western Region Director Michelle Brankenier over to her house, and they had a nice conversation about... um, all of her work with ACA. Um, So let's get to the conversations. I'm Rhonda Mickelson. I am the Director of Accreditation with the American Camp Association. I have served in this role for almost 11 years, and I have the pleasure of working from my home in Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah, and you have probably, out of everyone that works for ACA, you probably have the most interesting office guests, I would say, right? I probably do. Out of my office window, I will see bobcats and deer and elk on a regular basis. Awesome. Awesome. Chipmunk, so <laughs> squirrels. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, they always, you always send us the photos and we get them on our <laughs> staff emails. Um, how did you come about that role? Or how did you get this role? Or where were you before? Um, I had wor- I've worked in camps basically since I graduated from college, uh, both a private camp, uh, an agency camp, with uh, day camp, resident camps, uh, and have served as a visitor for ACA for many years. When it was time to say what's next in my career, I took a job as the executive director for ACA Southeastern. At that time, I was in that role for about three years, and then this position opened up. I'd always enjoyed the standards aspect, serving as a visitor, so I thought this might be a good match. Great. And so what is it, what is, I mean, in a maybe a short explanation, what does being director of accreditation at ACA really mean? Like, what is that, what are you doing on a normal basis in your role? Most people think as a director of accreditation that I go visit all the camps. Yeah. That is not the situ- the not the case. Yeah. ACA accreditation, the program is national in scope. We have the same state training curricula for all of our visitors, the same standards uh, for all of our camps that, that you, a camp would obviously choose the applicable standards. We ask the question, the camp answers the question. Um, So in my role, I work directly with a team of 
five additional staff members who are out in the field in the various regions. Also work with the affiliate staff who are work with standards in their areas. Mm -hmm. They in turn then work more directly with the volunteers as this is the national program. It's administered at the local level by trained volunteers. Yeah, great. And so there's been, a, we've in the last, um, well really in the last month, we've kind of turned it on overdrive to announce that there are some changes taking place in our accreditation program. What, what is going on? <laughs> um, in, in the spring of 2016, there was an accreditation task force, and they charged uh, the National Standards Commission, who is our volunteer group that oversees the administration of the accreditation program, to work to make sure that the, both the standards and the accreditation process that we had was, has a strong foundation for accreditation for all types of camps. Most people realize that the, that the types of camps that are now in the United States look somewhat different than they did 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that our program was open and accessible to all of those types of programs. We wanted to make sure we considered programs such as camps on campuses, the sports camps that might have multitudes of locations, uh, programs that are serving a different subject matter than what we might have been used to, such as those in the STEM program. Mm -hmm. And so it provided us that opportunity to really take a a review and a look at what we were asking as well as the process by which we were um, doing our accreditation. Mm -hmm. And it, it's interesting, we, we say at ACA a lot that we are a volunteer-led nonprofit organization. I'd say, I'd say that probably that's the most so or most true with accreditation it seems um, and it's not with when we have any kind of changes it's not like it's you Tom and uh, and your staff in a room deciding, okay, no. here are all the changes. <laughs> there are a lot of other people who aren't on the payroll who are uh, leaders in this. Can you talk a little bit about... Yeah, um, whenever we do, when we have an accreditation, as I said, we've got our National Standards Commission, of, of which there are eight members, all volunteers. They took the charge from that volunteer accreditation task force mm -hmm. and really looked at it, went, worked through those standards, they in turn went out typically and talked with additional volunteers and or different authoritative sources. In this, sec in this revision, we looked at accepting a health inspection. And so we looked at what was included in health inspection in something like 35 states. And the volunteers are the ones that actually did that work. So we, uh, the volunteers help with that. It is volunteers that do the training. Uh, it's a staff working with volunteers that help develop the curricula for the training. Mm -hmm. So at times volunteers take the lead, at times staff takes the lead with strong support by volunteers, right. but it's, uh, quote, never eight people sitting around a table right. saying this is what our standard will be. Right. And um, who, who decides the language and the, act, the actual standards themselves? The, the National Standards Commission will do a lot and make sure that the intent of the standard is clear. Uh, they worked to some extent with the languaging. We actually work and let the uh, professional editors mm -hmm. uh, finalize the standard on this, the wording of the standards. And on this one, we actually also used an outside editor, someone that's not from, quote, inside the camp community, 
she was very familiar with accreditation, so had that background. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to make sure the language of our standards was not camp speak per yeah. se. Okay, interesting. So if 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 you know, assuming that there's a camp director listening to this, which I imagine there will be, um, that seems to be our main audience. What and they're thinking, okay, well, what does this mean for me if I'm gonna like? Maybe that they haven't gotten every update we've sent out. What should they do? Well, part of it depends on if the camp is being visited in 2019. Right. If they're being visited in 2019, of which about 20% of our camps are, mm-hmm. they will need to uh, complete uh, an accreditation process workshop, which has previously been called a standards course. And this will highlight for those camps some slight changes in the process, the standards themselves are, were reorganized within the book. The intent of the standards has not significantly changed, but things mm-hmm. are going to look different just because we don't have the same sections that mm-hmm. we have had in the past for those currently accredited camps. So th- those camps need to kind of get on the ball. Um, they can actually access the standards at this point through the My Accreditation t- web tool on the ACA website. They will get an accreditation process guide 2019, either at their training or it might be sent to them prior to the training. Mm-hmm. So that's a small group of our camps. For the, for the camps that are not being visited in 2019, they uh, follow the standards under which they were last visited. Okay. When a camp signs a statement of compliance, it says, I am in compliance with the standards under which we were last visited and all applicable mandatory standards. Okay, great. And for everyone, um, our, all of our local newsletters right now are basically full of information about those accreditation process workshops that are basically taking place all over it, like um, coming in the coming months. So if you just heard that and think, oh, I'm going to need to look at where that the closest one is, look at your local office newsletter because the information's coming out. Um, I think, it will, I, so most of my interviews I've ended with people, with particularly camp directors, I ask them why camp is important. But for you, I want to just a general big question. Why does accreditation matter? Accreditation matters because it's it's a third party peer review pro external peer review process. So it's a it's trained trained individuals conduct that external uh, review of your camp. And so as a camp director, if I were a parent looking for a place to choose my camp, I'd want to know that someone besides the camp director looked and said, "Wow, you guys do some really good stuff. It's great that you've got." emergency procedure policies and that your staff are trained this way and that you've done these screening processes for your camp. I always like to say that ACA, ACA asks the questions that their parents should be asking. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it because as the person who deals with all reporters, the main story that they want to write about is what questions parents should be asking mm-hmm. and we do have those questions to give them every time right. here's what we think you should ask so and the main one I always give them is is the camp accredited by the American Camp Association <laughs> I mean it's it may sound self-serving but at the same time we believe we believe in this program that's exactly. why it's, it's what we do true well thanks so much for uh talking with me and sure. for getting the word out about all these accreditation changes I enjoyed it awesome. thank you thanks well good afternoon Good afternoon. This is Michelle Brankenier. And, and I'm Cindy Moore. 
I'm so lucky that I get the opportunity to spend some time with the amazing Cindy Moore, and we're going to get to learn a little bit more about her. Happy Monday, Cindy. Happy Monday, Michelle. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Thank you. All right. So we're going to jump right in. I'm going to ask you some questions, um, and we're going to learn more about you. So, Cindy, when did you become an ACA volunteer? I don't know for sure. I joined ACA in 1956 because my I did not know about camp as a kid and I got involved in camp because of my PE teacher who said you like horses how would you like a job teaching horseback riding and I discovered the world of camp and the camp director Ruth Isserman who was from St. Louis invited a bunch of us down to go to an ACA conference in 1956 and she paid half of our membership if students if we want to join ACA. That's wonderful. So I've been an ACA member for a long time. Wonderful. And I took my first job at the YWCA in Fresno because I could be the assistant camp director. And uh, I think I took, I was still registered, but I believe that I took uh, standards in visitor training sometime during the two years I was in Fresno. Wow. All right, and then what other capacities? I know you've volunteered in a variety of capacities, so share with us some of those opportunities that you had as a volunteer. Well, let's see. Um, locally, of course, I've been active in the standards program, and then um, also when the section was Southern California, Hawaii, and we had we were worrying about education and education. So I spearheaded an education committee that kind of outlined the events that we thought we needed to have and handled a lot of the logistics and studied the evaluations and I, I don't remember how many years that committee existed but I don't think it exists anymore. But before that I somehow I was invited to be on the national board I was on the national board for one term and then I was on the National Standards Commission, and I was um, actually the chair of the National Standards Commission in the 1960s, from or 1999 to 2006, early 2000s. I was the chair of the National Standards Committee. So of course that was opened my eyes to all kinds of things and helped me understand what a broad organization ACA is and how much it contributes to camps everywhere, no matter who they are. That's right. Wow. I uh, think when I met you, um, I was living and working in Northern California at the time, and then when I came to Southern California, um, you were the standards chair and taught us all a ton about the accreditation program and how to be great visitors and um, were really, in my mind, such a mentor and such a leader in that program. Um, I'm curious how the accreditation program and the visit and volunteering process has changed from your perspective over the years. Well, I think when we first started, each discipline within the camping world had a different set of standards. There was a book for resident camp and a book for day camp and a book for conference centers and a book for camps that were working with disabled people and and I don't even remember what year it was that we got this brilliant idea that we could combine them all into one book 
with does not apply. <laughs> oh, that's a good option, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that was that's been a big change. I think the role of the visitor has um, kind of always been the same. Your your job is to help the camp, mentor them, help them succeed. You're there uh, as a support person, not as a critical judge looking for some mistake. And I think that's a really important attitude for visitors to have. Doesn't mean you shouldn't score no if it's a not if it's really a no, but don't don't have that big chip on your shoulder when you go into a visit. Yeah, you're definitely a friendly visitor, and a, one who approaches it with that teaching aspect. Um, and attitude. So I know you have visited camps in California, in Hawaii, and in other parts of the country, and I'm really curious to know what unique camps or unique programs come to your mind when you think about to all the visits that you've gone on. It's really hard to pick out A, B, C, and D, right? because each camp is unique in its own way. Um, I visited camps New York section was short of visitors, and they invited anybody that wanted to come. To So I went and stayed with my friend and visited a couple camps in New York, and just the whole culture in New York is different than the culture in San Diego and Southern California. So the camps seemed a little different, but they still met all the standards and just with their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that just each camp is so unique and special, it's hard to say, well, this one, you know, I don't have any. One of the things I think I'm fortunate about is I don't have any memories of a horrible visit. Oh, that's so great to hear. I, I think all of them, have, some of them have gone better than others, but uh, I don't have any memory of a, oh, my gosh, I'm never going back there again kind of camp. <laughs> Well, you always seem to approach things from the teaching aspect, too. So instead of saying, I'm not going back, let me come back and let's talk about <laughs> how we might be able to do this in a different way. A little more smoothly next time exactly. around. Exactly. <laughs> do you have some favorites that you remember? No, not really. Hmm. Okay. Um, because I, every, I've never visited a camp where I thought, boy, that was a waste of time. Because of I always learn something. It's amazing. Yeah. There's no camp that I haven't learned something from, and I've taken it all and shared, tried to share the good things without right. saying, well, no, camp's home, so they do it this way, because that sounds competitive. But if I say, have you thought of this idea, then yeah. it's more receptive to a new camp director. Absolutely. How um, Are there things that you remember learning at a camp where you walked away and said, wow, I have got to share that with people. Like, <laughs> give me an example. Oh, that's hard. Um, I think probably the, some of the things I've learned are risk, relate, risk mm. reduction related techniques for things like climbing walls and horseback riding mm -hmm. and some of those kind of sports. That's so, wonderful. Uh, but I can't put my finger on a specific from a specific camp. Sure. Um, I know as standards chair, you used to spend a lot of time encouraging young people to become visitors, to um, develop their own personal skill set, and to um, be able to learn from other camps. Um, do you have any nuggets of advice? for those young professionals out there looking to expand their horizons? Well, I certainly would encourage them to get involved as visitors 
and to choose to visit all different kinds of camps. Don't just choose to visit ones that are quote like unquote yours, like you know a resident camp for girls in the mountains. Right. Well, you could pick a resident camp for boys on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> and now a quick break for a message from this episode's sponsor. Looking for a fun new way to energize, socialize, and engage your campers? Check out aerosport.fun. To see a fun video of a truly innovative sport, aerosport can be played indoors, outdoors, in large and small groups. You can also add water to reactive targets for a fun icebreaker. Go to aerosport.fun to get in on the fun. And I'm back with Cindy Moore. So I'm here. Great. Cindy, um, I, I want to go back to the question around um, unique things you saw at camps on visits or unique camps that you saw and um, just share with us some of those nuggets that you got from some of those visits. So, Well, I think every visit I go on, I have ever been on, I have learned something from that particular camp. Uh, some procedure they use I think is great or some program I hadn't even ever thought of. Uh, Wonderful. Like having portable telescopes and putting them out at night and so kids can look at the moon. Oh, that was pretty easy. You're doing astronomy. But I had never thought of that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, there's just always something to learn because each camp has its own personality and its own strengths. And I try to focus on that. And so I've been in all kinds of climates, um, Hawaii. I visited a camp in uh, up in Wyoming outside Jackson Park and next Jackson Hole National Park and the camps I visited in New York and I've, I've had the privilege of visiting a lot of different kinds of camps day camps and resident camps and church camps and all right in the spirit of learning more about their camp experience that's wonderful Tell us about your volunteer experience with ACA. You've been a volunteer for 62 years. That's amazing. <laughs> Tells um, you how old I am. No. <laughs> you started when you were three. We know. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, why did you choose to start volunteering for ACA? Well, because um, I mean, my experience with Ruth Isherman and Camp Chikagami changed my life. Mm-hmm. I did not know about camp as a kid. And I knew I wanted to do something with kids, and I knew I liked the out of doors. And so lo and behold, I discovered a place you could nurture those two loves. And I became a camp person with red, white, and blue, green, and black blood. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's referring to the Girl Scout history in there for her green blood. For sure. So anyway, you know, I just I'm passionate about what camp can do for kids and for staff, and um, I just want to be a part of making that happen for other people. That's wonderful. And what did you get out of volunteering? So tell me a little bit about how ACA changed you um, through your volunteer experience. Oh, it just helped me grow so much because I always learned something. Mm-hmm. And it just helped me grow, and then I was able to use those skills in some other area that I was involved with, and it was a total learning experience for me. So that's why I do it, and because I believe kids need that experience. So 
I do it because it helps me and because I think it helps kids. I couldn't agree with you more. And I know you've shared before that you've met people from all over the country, all over the world, mm -hmm. through your volunteer experience with yes. ACA. Yes. And um, have developed friendships and opportunities to uh, connect with people and learn from them and seek advice, maybe. Oh, yes, <laughs> seek advice. <laughs> I have no problem asking for help when I need it. <laughs> and speaking from experience, you have no problem giving advice when called upon. <laughs> Um, your sage experience so. and, and advice has been helpful to numerous people throughout the country. Well, Cindy, what else do you want to share with us about your experience with ACA and how it's shaped your life and how you um, have really shaped our industry? Well, uh, it's hard for me to judge how I've shaped the industry, but I can give you hundreds of examples of how it's helped me because I just never, I always learn something. And I go with the attitude and have, that I'm going to gain from this experience. And there's going to be somebody there that I really enjoy talking to and being around. And so it's, um, it's, all, a, it's all a plus. I do it because I love it. <laughs> you can tell. I can tell by just looking at you. <laughs> the warmth that exudes from you when you talk about your camp experience and your volunteer experience with ACA. Yeah, it's, it's helped me in a lot of ways. That's wonderful. Well, gosh, Cindy, I can't thank you enough for spending time with me talking today about your experience with ACA and how you have been shaped by the organization and the people that you've met and the places you've been. Um, and I wanna make sure if there's anything else you wanna share with us that I give you that opportunity. Well, I was going to tell you a story. Please, tell us a story. You just never know when you have touched a camper's life. I mean, that's the joy of camping. Mm -hmm. You some, Sometimes you think, oh, those kids, rah, 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 But you never know when you've really made a significant impact on somebody. My story is the new superintendent of schools for San Diego County was at a Girl Scout luncheon that I went to this week. And she rushed up to me and said, do you remember me? And I said, well, because she had, fortunately, she had a name tag on. And I said, oh, yeah, you're whatever it was. <laughs> I don't even remember right now. But I was her gold award advisor. And she was a CIT at Winaka when I was the camp director. And it, she said, it just influenced me to want to work with youth my whole rest of my life. And... So here I am now as the superintendent of schools. I, she didn't say it in that few words, but that was the point. You know, and you, I, you don't always know mm -hmm. when you really influence somebody's life, especially, you know, this is decades later. Right. Um, I last directed camp in, the, in 1990. So <laughs> she had to have been a CIT in those late 80s wow. at camp. How exciting. I mean, it, I, and that happens not just to me, but to a lot mm -hmm. of people that I know in camp, in camping. Mm -hmm. um, some kid will, somebody that was a kid when you were the counselor remembers the impact you had on them. I remember another story. Great. Somebody came up and said, oh, I remember you. When you were a camp director, you taught me how to cut meat. Wow. Because she had never, her parents had always prepared her food on her plate for her. 
and she got a pork chop or something. And I wandered by and for some reason got a tree, stopped and showed her how to use a knife to cut her meat. Now isn't, I mean, who would have thought? Life those skills. Those little <laughs> life skills that you learn at camp as a camper stick with you. Right. And for heaven's sake, she remembers that I was the person <laughs> that taught it to her. But that had to have been a life-changing experience for that kid. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't a big deal to me. But to her, it was a life-changing experience. And you don't know when you're in camping when you've actually done that for a child until many years later. And you may never know. And that's okay, you don't know. But as long as you make that change in their life. So that's what I think. It's great, Cindy. Wow. And I can say from personal experience that you have changed you know, staff and campers' lives through <laughs> your influence and by through educating others and by supporting and encouraging um, professionals throughout the, the country, really. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing the stories. It's been wonderful to talk to you today. Um, I'm honored that we get to spend this time together and that I got to learn a little bit more about you and the contributions you've made to ACA and that ACA has made to you. Um, and hopefully we'll get to listen to you again real soon. Okay. Well, I want to continue as a volunteer. Great. Doing something. Great. Well, so. we're so excited to have you continue. And your influence and your um, continued support of the organization is really, really appreciated. So, yeah. Right. Well, keep, keep me on the list of people that want to volunteer to help. Uh, thanks, Cindy. Thanks again to Rhonda, Michelle, and Cindy. Uh, some big goings on with ACA accreditation and it was great to hear from Rhonda about those changes and from Michelle and Cindy about the importance of volunteering with ACA. If you want to follow us on social media we're at ACA camps on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, yeah just give us a shout out on there if you feel like it. Also if you feel like it tell a co-worker or friend about the podcast. I still believe in word of mouth. I think it's effective, and maybe there'll be somebody who needs to hear about the accreditation changes or um, any other past topics or episodes. So send it on over to them. We'll be back next month with more Campwire. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.